0: Hello there, Rev Divers. We are super excited today to introduce you to Amy Weiser. She is the Lead Project Coordinator at Quality Insights for the QPP Service Project. She's an RN with half a dozen certifications, including PMP and PCMH designations. Amy, it's super clear to us that education is just as important to you as it is to both of us, and so we are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So our RevDive audience is on the constant hunt for credible resources, right? Those quality improvement organizations, the QIOs that are aligned with CMS play a significant role in information sharing with the QIO concept. Um, you know, for those who may not really be familiar with it, could you give us some insight into your relationship with CMS and how organizations can tap into that support system? Absolutely,
1: thank you. Um, As the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services um, Chartered Quality Quality Innovation Network, Quality Improvement Organization, otherwise known as a QUIN-QIO, for Pennsylvania and West Virginia, Quality Insights provides no-cost education, data, and networking, and technical assistance. And we really work to pursue the nation's healthcare goals, Of better care, smarter spending, and healthier people. And, you know, we try to tailor our education, you know, according to the needs of practices and clinicians and um, the entities that we work with. Um, We also collaborate with providers and communities and people with Medicare through data driven initiatives. And we have a whole host of opportunities for um, our clinicians and practices in Pennsylvania and West Virginia um, to work with us on improving behavioral health, um, decreasing adverse drug events, increasing patient safety, um, increasing chronic disease self-management, including cardiac and vascular health, diabetes and chronic kidney disease. We also help with uh, increasing the quality of care transitions Um, In utilizing community coalitions, reducing hospital admissions and readmissions, and reducing avoidable emergency visits. And we also work on improving nursing home quality within the QI and QIO. Additionally, Quality Insights offers many other um, projects that practices can take advantage of. In Delaware, we have the Health Plan Connect, which is the navigator program to help patients and um, beneficiaries access affordable health care. We also um, have the external peer review program, um, the renal networks, three, four, and five. And we have the state public health initiatives in Pennsylvania and Delaware to help with hypertension, diabetes, um, just to name a few. And we also have a DISCO e-learning and collaboration.
2: Awesome. You know that that's a that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Amy, just thinking about the 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 different changes that are happening in the quality payment program. It has gone from meaningful use to you know so many different iterations. Um, MIPS is obviously on the radar of medical practices to make sure that they are understanding you know their their compliance with all of the necessary measures making sure that if they're able to get any bonuses the incentive payments that they can then obviously avoiding those penalties Um, Unfortunately, you know, some of those measures trip us up and we're trying to understand them, trying to do, you know, workflow redesigns and ways that we can kind of roll out best practices so that we can incorporate MIPS into um, our overall operations. If you could just give us from your you know perspective, um, what are some of a- at least one um, piece of advice that you would share to help folks? Um, improve their participation and attestation for each of the, you know, quality improvement activities, promoting interoperability, and cost categories? Maybe just like a snippet of something that we need to be on the lookout for.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, MIPS has, you know, been challenging over the years, and um, we've been very fortunate to be able to help practices in Pennsylvania, Delaware, West Virginia, and New Jersey, Um, the small practices with, you know, all of the MIPS nuances, so to speak. Um, So I would say for quality, you know, selecting measures that are meaningful to your practice is the first thing, and you wanna do that early in the year Um, because that is a category that you collect data for for the entire year the 12 month period. Also, it's tied with cost at 30 points now. So it has the most points for the traditional MIPS scoring with cost. And I would say always reviewing the measure specification sheets each year, according to the collection type that you're using. For example, um, you could, as a small practice, you can still submit uh, quality measures through Medicare Part B claims. You can use a registry, you could use an EHR, but they each have their own specifications. And you want to make sure that, you know, that you're looking at those specification sheets so that you're coding and capturing data correctly. And again, if you're looking for measure specifications, the best way and the easiest way to find them is on the QPP website, which is qpp.cms.gov. And you go to um, the MIPS tab and you click on the Explore Measures and Activities under the MIPS tab, go to the Quality category, and then you can see the measures and the specifications. Improvement Activities are another category for MIPS, and it's probably one of the easiest, I would say, in terms of the categories to implement. Like measure specifications for the quality measures, you need to understand the data validation requirements for the activities that you select and attest to. And you can also look for more information about data validation on the QPP website. They may not have the 2022 data validation ready yet, but if you go to the Resources tab on qpp.cms.gov, you should be able to find those. You can also get more information on the Explore Measures and Activities tab, like you did for the quality measures. You can find the specifications there as well. Promoting interoperability, small practices, and when we talk about small practices, we're talking about practices that have 15 or fewer clinicians, do not have to report promoting interoperability in 2022, and do not have to file a PA PA hardship if they don't want to um, participate in that category. And the points for PI will automatically be reweighted to and assigned to other categories. So what that means is promoting interoperability is worth 25 points, but um, as a small practice, those points are shifted into other categories, so you don't lose the points when you're not uh, reporting that category. Cost is the last category for traditional MIPS. It is automatically calculated by CMS for you through administrative claims. So there's nothing that you need to attest to or submit for cost. Um, Bear in mind though, it's worth 30 points now. So it's equal with uh, quality. And so it's worth a lot of points for MIPS. So you wanna make sure that you understand cost, you can look at your historical information in the QPP portal, which is also at qpp.cms.gov. You can um, also look at their
2: cost resources to help you uh, to improve your cost scoring. Awesome. Thank you. This is, that was really insightful. Thank you.
0: There's so much, I think, for for everybody to know. And it's really super useful for us, um, especially every so often to have a session like this where it's educational, right? And we're helping provide some guidance to people. Um, It would really be nice to have some of these administrative burdens taken away, right? And we know that this is something that's been on CMS's radar, looking at the consolidation and the alignment of those MIPS measures. And so we're expecting changes to come out in 2023. What do you think, what changes and improvements should we expect to see in that MVP program?
1: Well, I would say in a nutshell that the MVP or the MIPS Value Pathways, as they're known, is designed to reduce provider burden. If you look at it, it's kind of like a pyramid, and there are diagrams on the QPP website. And um, it's really a reporting framework that will offer clinicians a subset of measures and activities. And it's designed to um, work with um, relevant specialties medical conditions or episodes of care and they're tied to the cms goal of moving away from siloed reporting of measures and activities towards more focused sets of measures and activities that are more meaningful um, to a clinician's practice specialty or public health priority cms actually finalized seven mvps um, in the 2022 rule as you stated, it's going to start in 2023, so it doesn't start yet um, for in 2022, but if you're thinking about, you know, doing the MVP moving forward, this is the time to start, you know, maybe doing some planning. Um, and really, it's designed to help with keeping the patient at the center of their work, you know, as a practice. And, you know, it helped to achieving better health outcomes and lowering costs for patients. Um, And CMS anticipates that MVPs will result in comparable performance data that helps patients make more informed healthcare decisions. Um, So, again, it's designed for burden reduction um, and more alignment across the different categories. Promoting interoperability and population health are the foundation of the pyramid. And then building up from there are the quality measures and the improvement activities. And the way that I understand it, um, I believe you only in the MVP would only report three quality measures. Um, and I still think you would still have the regular improvement activity requirements. But for more information, you can find. Um, the MVP page at qpp.cms.gov.
2: Awesome. I, I, you know, just also thinking about the 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 kind of world that we're living in right now. Doing a lot of virtual care delivery. Um, we're also seeing a lot of phishing and hacking attempts in the healthcare space. Um, we we already have you know one um, you know goal. to to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to secure the um, privacy and security of our PHI and our ePHI through our uh, security risk assessment. Uh, But we understand that there's a new, safer um, EMR self-assessment, and it it seems like disaster recovery um, is is also a, a, a key focal point right now, having downtime protocols, making sure that our patients are safe um using you know things like clinical um decision support um can you talk to us a little bit about the the safer um emr self-assessment um and kind of help us unpack this new requirement um because it's it's obviously a part of the the mips program for 2022 but as we understand it we're not going to get scored for it
1: yes so um first of all the Where you can find the safer guide is at healthit.gov and then forward slash topic, forward slash safety, forward slash safer dash guides. Even if you just go to healthit.gov and put in safer um, in the search, you should be able to find the the safer guides. Really what it is, um, there are nine guides organized into three broad groups. And the guides enable healthcare organizations to address EHR safety in a variety of areas. Most organizations will want to start with the foundational guides and proceed from there to address the areas of greater interest or concerns. Um, And what the guides do is they help to identify recommended practices to optimize the safety and the safe use of EHRs. And um, there is a really nice YouTube video, actually, when you go into the safer guides that helps to explain what they are and how they're to be used. So I highly recommend the, the YouTube video. Um, I found it to be very helpful, um, especially because this is something very new. Um, you know, we're, we're all used to the security risk assessment. And so this is another layer, kind of, to that whole concept of you know, protecting health information. To meet the measure in 2022, MIPS-eligible clinicians must attest yes or no to conducting an annual self-assessment using the High-Priority Practice Guide. So when you go into the Safer Guides, you're going to see that there's, there's the three groups, the Foundational Guides, the Infrastructure Guides, and the Clinical Process Guides. The high priority practices is the very first guide found under the foundational guides. If you click on the link, it takes you into the guide, excuse me, and it helps walk you through the process. So it's the first of the nine guides. And according to the specification sheet for 2022, because I just found it on the website yesterday, so CMS is starting to load more 2022 information into the QPP website. Um, You want to look at the specification sheet, and um, what it says is that um, in 2022, eligible clinicians will be required to submit one yes or no attestation statement for completing an annual SAFER guide, but the yes or no attestation response will not affect the PI performance category score. So they want you to comment on it in order to get any score in the PI category. If you're submitting PI, that's okay. that's it in a nutshell.
2: <laughs> um, so,
1: but again, wow. more information is is in the QPP
2: website. So, Amy, this has been a very educational episode of Rep Dive, and um, we thank you so much for. Um, Your knowledge, for sharing uh, the the countless URLs, um, for for giving us your time today. Uh, Our Rev Divers are really going to enjoy um, listening to this particular episode, again, as it's so educational. Um, Thank you so much for being with us today. And until we meet again next time, Rev Divers, stay digging into those Rev Cycles.